ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. This is The Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. One in five teenagers dropped out of school before finishing year 12 last year. Retention rates fell to the lowest level in a decade. And whenever I talk about disengagement from school, the response will always be, it's because of the closure of tech schools. So why are we still mourning the closure of these schools? Is it because if the school model didn't fit you, you went to tech? And where do you go now? What's available for you? What will keep you educated? What will keep you skilled? And more important than ever before, what will keep you connected? Good morning. My name's Rochelle Hunt, your co-host this morning. Warwick Long, host of The Country Hour, joining you from ABC Shepparton. Was, do we have a one-size-fits-all when it comes to our education system? So many naive questions come to my mind, Rochelle, when you mention that to me. That stat, one in five teenagers dropping out of high school, that's absolutely huge before year 12. First thing first in my mind, I'm like, is that because more people are going into trades? You and I have done programs in the past about how there are not enough people in trades. That's what's slowing up a lot of problems and creating a lot of problems uh, among many in the building sector. Mm. Those issues are in the podcast of the conversation now, (laughs) if you want to go back and listen to those. See, I I learn from you you. sometimes. But uh, also, or the other question is, if 20% are falling out before year 12, where are they going if they're not going to trades? Are they entering the workforce? Is that meaningful employment? Uh, Is it the start of a spiral that ends up in the criminal justice system? Mm. So many questions come on to who those people are and are we servicing them correctly? And I'm looking forward to talking about that today. Well, there's been a huge spotlight on young people and in particular young the youth crime and what we can do about what has been labelled escalating youth crime. And this morning on ABC Radio Melbourne's breakfast program, they had the general manager of the Les Twentyman Foundation. Now, if you don't know the Les Twentyman Foundation, they're an incredible group that have been around for decades that work with young people really hands-on out in the western suburbs. And they were talking about some of the awful crimes that we've seen of late that have involved young people. And part of the reasons behind that had to do with school was. This is what Chris Lacey from Les Twentyman Foundation had to say. This is the biggest challenge that we're facing at the moment is that there's more and more young people disengaging with school or disengaging with education. And when that happens, the stats just show us that the the chances of young people getting involved in um, criminal activity just goes through the roof. So that was Chris Lacey, the general manager of the Les Twentyman Foundation, talking about that disengagement. And as we said at the beginning of today's program, one in five teenagers dropped out of school last year before they finished year 12. So today was we're going to look at why, what are the reasons behind it? Is it because the education system doesn't fit people properly? Is it because careers advice, maybe the young people aren't getting the advice that they want? Did you have a careers advice? No, our drama teacher kind of gave us some random (laughs) advice. I didn't. Stay I, I, in I don't think I ever had a formal sit down with anyone to get any careers advice. I was contemplating leaving to go and study drama and to study drama within a sort of a, a different type of education system. And I, my drama teacher pulled me aside and said, you need to finish year 12, then you go and do it. My parents were like, yeah, sure. Okay, you can leave. They were sort of a bit relaxed about it, but it was my drama teacher that convinced me to stay on and do year 12. So what is it? What will keep young people educated? And why is it so important to ensure that there is an education system that fits everyone? Is it a one-size-fits-all? And what potentially needs to change? On ABC Radio, Melbourne and Victoria. This is The Conversation Hour. Rochelle Hunt here with you in Melbourne. Warwick Long joining you today, of course, host of The Country Hour and joining you from ABC Shepparton. We're talking about why one in five teenagers are dropping out of school before they finish year 12. Let's have a chat to Mac Zamani. He, well, Mac, you can tell the story, but... Year 12 wasn't sort of working out for you and you took a a non-traditional route. What was Year 11, Year 12 like for you? Um, Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, I I did take an alternative route. Um, I would actually fall in to those statistics of dropout rates. It was always expected for me to never finish Year 12. Um, I was always 
like deemed um, by just it was inevitable. I was going to drop out and not finish so, year twelve. So Mac, who um, was that? Was that teachers? Was that family? Was that you thinking you'll never um, finish year twelve? No, it was uh, like therapists and uh, education support that I got when I was a lot younger. I have um, a lot of disabilities and because of that, the bar was set quite low towards what I could achieve. Um, My parents were kind of led by me. Um, They understood that school would be harder for me and so um, they were supportive in whatever decision I wanted to make. But um, I really, really wanted to finish year 12. Uh, Part of it was a... I want to prove these people wrong um, and I, I would like to, to finish. Um, and so because of that, I did take an alternative approach. I uh, spent a lot of time in alternative education. I um, did Montessori when I was younger, which is kind of a more hands-on learning that's self-paced and self-directed. And then uh, around year 10, year 11, um, just coincided when the pandemic happened Mm. um i got to the point where traditional high school just wasn't an option we were looking at other schools practically all the schools were just telling me to take a year off or to drop out um and we stumbled across tafe um of course you know we know what services tafe offers but what a lot of people don't know is they actually have a year 11 and a year 12 bce and bcal uh, program obviously now um it's bce vocations and the names are a bit different. Um, so I spent, I transferred over midway through year 11 and then did two years of year 12 part-time to finish my VCE. Oh, congrats. And just finally, Mac, I mean, you used the word there, stumbled across TAFE. Did you feel like you had all of the options? Was it easy for you to figure out where you could go? And I love the idea. There's nothing better than proving people wrong. I'm totally with you. And so congratulations on finishing year 12. But I mean, I guess it's disappointing that you have to stumble across TAFE. Those options you feel like should be there for you and be very upfront. For sure, that stumble is a very intentional word choice. Um, We were looking at different types of high schools. Nothing was happening. Somehow my mum, through word of mouth, heard about they had this program. Um, It was never really promoted or known about even when I was communicating that I was struggling. Um, No one kind of told me about it. We just happened to have found it, um, which I'm really, really lucky about. And so when I work with a lot of other young people who are struggling in school and I tell them that, hey, there's this option, no one one knows about it. Um, So it's very much so a a hidden, not really knowledgeable or accessible option, which I feel like is an often, is a very common issue when we're talking about alternative pathways. They exist, people just don't know where they are and how to access them or what they even look like. Uh, and, Mac, is there a sense of pride you have for getting through and, and finding your own way to finish Year 12? For sure. Um, <laughs> I actually came, well, I was ranked number one out of four or five of my subjects. So oh, I definitely congrats. feel quite a lot of pride <laughs> in how I finished. Um, very much so. It was a really difficult journey. Um, so I'm kind of glad to be on that other end um, and to have persevered through it. Well and what's the plan now, Mac? Yeah, yeah. Um, I am currently enrolled in set four of youth work uh, at TAFE, um, and then the end end goal. I uh, missed university ATAR by zero point zero five percent. So I mean, still on topic of alternative pathways. I'm currently exploring my alternative pathways to get into university to study occupational therapy. So we're talking today, it does one size, is there a one size fits all sort of system in our education system, completely going through to year 12? You've sort of broken that mould in the sense you're finding your own way. But given you've had the most recent experience out of us three going through the schooling system, if we gave you the pen to redesign things, what would you do to make it easier for kids to finish year 12 or, or find better ways to finish year 12? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, I think there are so many things I would change. I think one of the big ones I can think of is I did a lot of time in Montessori, which is a lot about self-paced learning. Um, And I really think that's something we could incorporate more so in schooling, Um, everyone learning at their own pace and progressing in a way that works for them. Um, I think we, obviously, finishing year 12 um, is amazing. It can set you up for more opportunities in the future. But I would also really love to see uh, not forcing everyone and putting them into this box saying you must finish year 12 to be successful and have a, 
like a stable future um, and really communicate what other options there are available and normalizing them and also seeing them as a valid option. Yeah. Um, not everyone wants to go to university. Oh, um, that's such a good point, Mac. I mean, I think that, and lots of people that we're going to speak to today feel like our education system is geared towards people wanting to get to university and that that's the ultimate goal for people and it's just not the case. Mac, you're an absolute delight and if you do go down the field of youth work, I think you would 100% nail it. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you. No, I was really glad to hop on. Mac Zamani, he didn't take that traditional route of finishing year 12, but isn't it interesting, still sort of trying to find an, the alternative way to get to university and then missing out by just a pip. Here's the texts that are coming in on this was so interesting. This, it says, my mum said, I don't care what you do and if you do a trade, but you must fi finish year 12. When I applied for my apprenticeship, it was a prerequisite from the employer. It's become useful in my late 20s for getting into uni for a career change. And others saying, I'm so glad you're talking about this. I think the situation today is so different to say five years ago. COVID really impacted how some kids engage with school or formal education. And lots of people are talking about the last couple of years and whether or that has had an impact on whether or not kids are feeling just disengaged from school and if that's got anything to do with the numbers was. So interesting looking at some of these coming through, as you say. We just went through this conversation last night with our youngest, says this text. He's in year 11 now. He's transferring from a school-based apprenticeship to a full-time one with a local lo uh, stock agent firm. Uh, hopefully, as parents, we've helped him make the right choice. And I suppose that's the interesting thing at, at this age, at this time, trying to decide what to do and what is best is the hard thing. And there's this text here, which I think is interesting to, to note as well, Rochelle. Can we change the language from dropping out, which is negative connotations, to leaving before completing year 12? People may be leaving for a variety of reasons and may not feel like dropout, says this text too. And that's sort of what we want to discover over the next little bit of this hour together. What is actually happening with that 20% not getting to year 12? Is it a sort of dropout situation or are they moving to employment in different ways? And could we set up a schooling system to help do that better, to create uh, you know, better young adults to not only get that job but continue through their working life? On ABC Radio, Melbourne and Victoria. This is the Conversation Hour. Good morning, Rochelle Hunt here with you in Melbourne. Warwick Long, your co-host this morning, host of the Country Hour and joining you from ABC Shepparton. We're talking about why one in five teenagers dropped out before finishing year 12 last year. That's our highest or I guess our lowest retention rate in over a decade. And was finishing school early, right? It is not anything new. When I was growing up in the, in the 80s, in the 90s and going to school Lots of people either dropped out because there was heaps of work, even in the Latrobe Valley where there's not a lot of work now at the time, there was heaps of work. So you could easily drop out and get a really good job. Or you left the school that you were at, the high school that you were at, and you went to tech school and you went in to learn a trade. And in just a moment, we're going to speak to someone about some of the shifts as a society that occurred when we lost so many of our tech schools. Victoria had the highest number of tech schools anywhere in Australia. That's not the case. There is a new vocational major that's just been released by the Victorian government this year. A what? A vocational major. Uh, well, I, I look forward to finding out what yes. those words mean together. <laughs> we are going to learn a little bit about that later today as well. Uh, there's a text here too. Of course, people still talk about the closure of tech schools. It was a very big mistake to have the whole focus on academic and uni doesn't suit everyone. We'll go into the history of tech schools shortly. Jenny's from Bacchus Marsh though. Jenny, welcome to the program. Um, I had a done quite a few years back now, but he dropped out at the end of year 10. School just wasn't working for him. Um, it wasn't that he wasn't academic. He, he was, but he, um, you know, I think got bored with the system and uh, was forever in trouble. <laughs> uh, when you're in trouble at school is an interesting thing, Jenny, because boredom and then getting in trouble, those two go hand in hand, don't they? Absolutely. He knew too much. He was son number five. Uh, so he dropped out and went and did an agricultural course and was a shearer for a few years. Then decided when he got a few injuries, he'd move on. He went back to uni and did nursing. Then he went on further and did medicine. And he's now studying to be an anaesthetist. Oh, wow. That's an incredible <laughs> so job. 
school is not the be all and the end all. They just need to find the pathway that works for them. And you need the people around you too, Jenny, I think, to make sure that you're finding those alternatives. Because as we heard from Mac before, it's not always easy to find those alternatives. It's so great to hear about your son. Thank you. Maria. Good morning, Maria. Good morning. Um, I used to live in Melbourne, but I now live in South Australia. I w- took an alternative route to teaching. I left school in year 10 and worked because I was um, in a in a good relationship, which I'm still in, and, um, you know, wanted to focus on earning money and things like that. I went back to school when I was about 21 at a TAFE and did um, a year 12 equivalent and then went on to university and then left uni with pregnancy and then went back and became a teacher. And when I actually, and I still work um, as a teacher mentor, um, and one of the things I would say is that predominantly teachers go to school. They go straight through school. They go then to university and then they go into the teaching profession. And that is their experience of life. That's the only life they know. And so that is the life that they recommend to students. And I think it really is sad, given that I'm 60 years old and I was able to do year 11 and year 12 at a TAFE college. And you're still able to do year 11 and year 12 at a TAFE Mm -hmm. college. And we're talking 40 plus years that teachers still don't know that you're able to do year 11 and year 12 at a TAFE college. You and, know. and it's a, making sure, like Max said, Maria, thank you, he stumbled across TAFE. And he said he used that word deliberately yeah. because that's how it happened. That's fascinating to look. So much of this conversation is around tech schools. It comes back to tech schools. We see it on our text line. We hear it on those... Uh, on the calls coming into a program saying, hey, getting rid of this section of schooling has changed how our education system is working. So what were these schools? How did they work? And is it really a linchpin that was taken out of our education system? John Party is a president of Sunshine and District Historical Society. Sunshine had a tech, didn't it, John? It did indeed, Warren. Uh, it, it was the, the third tech in Victoria, Um, It opened in 1913 and offered secondary schooling in a different way to uh, the people of Sunshine. And usually to get a secondary schooling in Victoria, you had to go to a private school. So having a secondary... Oh, we might have lost John there. seem to have lost John there. We're just going to... The tech schools they don't want you to know about, (laughs) Rochelle. Uh, While we get John back... It's the wind. We're actually blaming the the crazy (laughs) windy weather at the moment. Hey, while we get John back, it is interesting, these tech schools, right? I'm Even looking up on sort of Facebook today, there was Shepparton South Tech School. And I'm looking at this extraordinarily still pretty active Facebook page of people who went there talking mm. about how important, important it was to their life. It's been closed for years. So the idea that they're still important in people's minds is a... Interesting thing to explore. Oh, yeah, Newborough Tech. That was, I shared the bus with the Newborough Tech boys. I tell you what, I've got some memories of that. Amy's in Ringwood. Hi, Amy. Good morning. I wanted to say I actually think as an educator, and I'm also an older mum, so I had my kids at 40 and my children are now seven and nine. You can do the math. But um, I'm finding that I think the problem actually starts a lot earlier than the high school. We're seeing a lot of school refusal in younger kids, particularly post-pandemic, and I think that's because we've all had a minute to sort of stop and look at what's really happening with our children because they spent so much more time at home. I think the system is actually, the education system is quite broken in so many different ways. Kids are struggling because the system's old and it's clunky and it's messy and it's asking kids to do something that they were needing to do 200 years ago when the system was designed. So how would you redesign it then, Amy? We're going to speak to the education department in just a moment about their new vocational major to figure out, you know, and in their words, that's sort of reinventing the modern tech school. It's finding a modern way to bring back the elements of a technical school. But if you, if you think the system is broken, how would you fix it? I would love to see more inclusion for all kinds of learners. The young guy that you that you spoke to before was talking about his ability to know himself and to learn at his own pace. If we start that in primary schools where kids 
learn a little bit of self-agency, self-awareness, self-paced learning, a little bit more freedom rather than sitting cross-legged on the floor, sitting to learn to comply to certain behaviours and certain curriculums. You can't teach a curriculum. A curriculum is a book. You can teach children, you can lead children, you can guide children to learn how to be themselves and to listen to their own body cues rather than teaching them a random bunch of bits and pieces of a curriculum teach them to know themselves what they truly want so that when they are 15 16 they have agency and i wonder how possible that is there's a message here from uh carilla i think her name is and it says i'm already cross with you kids disengage when the teacher can't pay enough attention to each child we've got 25 plus kids with so many special needs teachers are stretched in terms of physical resources time to plan prepare the myriad of needs support staff for varying needs today you might get an aid they're supposed to help with such a range of multiple students it's quite a long text but it goes on to say the emphasis uh, on university is also a furphy kids are offered many pathways that's interesting in itself and again we're, we're not having a crack at the individual teacher no, here of course in this not. program it's about the system the design of the system and what allows so many people to uh, exit school before they they get through year 12 and if that is a problem or if it's not, let's talk about it a little bit more. We got John back in terms of Sunshine Tech. He was telling us the history of that and then dropped out. Uh, hi, John, you're back. So um, you've just gotten yes. into telling us about what the school was. What was a tech school? So tech, the tech schools offered a way for kids to have uh, uh, year, the secondary schooling in a different way. And it focused on kids who are thinking about going to work after school, not necessarily going to university. And also, too, because Sunshine Tech opened in 1913 and it was in the suburb where there was the largest farm implements factory, apprentices went to the school half a day a week. And that was the first time in Australia that apprentices got release from their employer to go to school. So tech schools did all sorts of things. They prepared young boys and girls for work and they offered a different way to be at school and to complete school. We hear the term offer a different way a lot and we know that the vocational major that has just been released in February, which we're going to learn a little bit more about that, they say they're offering a similar thing, that it's tech schools but reinvented in a modern format and in a modern way. I don't know, John, if you know much about the, the vocational major and how that works, but is there a way of bringing back the elements of tech schools because the fact is they're not going to reopen, right? We mourn them greatly. We talk about them all the time, but they're not coming back. So can they be reinvented in some way? What do you think of the vocational major? Well, look, I think that the vocational major provides a way for kids to complete their schooling in a way that doesn't focus on getting an ATAR for, for university entrance. So I think it's really important in that sense. But listening to Mac before, who said that he stumbled upon TAFE and was able to finish year 11 and 12, technical education hasn't disappeared. Tech schools have gone, but technical education is available in, in TAFE colleges. It's available in secondary schools. When you think about the vocational major, it provides a way for kids to stay in school and do things that are about preparing for a life after school that is actually about work. And that doesn't preclude further study, like we heard from the woman before talking about her son who left school and became a shearer and then is now becoming an ethetist. So that people can make and forge ways. It's just we do have, I heard you talking earlier on about one size fits all. And I think, I don't think our school systems are broken or anything like that, but it can seem lopsided that it's all about going to university. And that's where we lose the message that Mac made really clear earlier on in his, his um, reflection on his experience. So did TAFE replace tech schools like, in a meaningful way? When people are mourning tech schools, should we just be upping TAFE and what it is? Well, TAFE was invented in the 1970s and it was a Commonwealth government invention. It was the Whitlam government that created TAFE. And that, and that so TAFE is technical and further education. And in many ways that provided, you know, an opportunity or not an opportunity, but in many ways the Victorian system, which was a dual system of um, high schools and, and technical schools, it kind of fell away and ended in 1990 because 
we refocused what we wanted from schooling in Victoria and basically around the world this happened where everyone was saying school completion to year 12 became the social norm and that's why people feel like oh like you know you know if I'm going to leave school early it's a dropout and all this negative language because we have this social expectation now that you will complete school and school completion is year 12 and that's why something like the vocational major is also really important provides a way for people to stay connected to learning whilst being at school or in a non-school environment like a TAFE or a neighbourhood house. It sounds like the main thing we need is information to be freely available so that people know the choices that they have. John Party, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. John Party's the president of the Sunshine District Historical Society. Before we actually speak to the Education Department and learn more about vocational majors and how they work, let's have a chat to Caden, who's in Patterson Lakes. Hi, Caden. Hi. Um, so I had an interesting, I guess, journey through my last few years of high school. Um, I originally wanted to go through VCAL, which is which was the vocational, um, I guess, pathway for year 11 and 12. Um, but I was told that I was too bright, I guess. And so in doing that, I had to go through my VCE um, for year 11. But I ended up flunking that for uh, various reasons. Um, and doing so, then I swapped over to year 12 um, and I swapped over to my VCAL. And I was told by the teachers that they didn't think that I would complete it. And on valedictory night, they were like, oh, my God, it's such an amazing thing to see you here and that you've actually done it. Um, I basically did it out of spite to show them <laughs> that I could do it. Um, but uh, doing this, I was also doing a TAFE course at the same time and I'd completed my Cert 3 in Health Services Assistance. Uh, because I knew exactly what I wanted to do and how I was going to do it. Um, And they just did not believe that I could do it. How important was it for you, Caden, to have that alternative? Um, It was good because I don't like sitting in a classroom. Yeah. I can't sit in a classroom and just do, I guess, sit there at a board. I've got to be doing something that is meaningful to me because I've got to have my own motivations and being able to do that and being able to do that and make sure I can look after myself at the same time is the most important thing about being able to get through schooling. And Caden, how many people like you are there around your age? Like if we were looking through Mm. sort of the experiences of people going through school around the same time of you, do you think there's a lot of you? Yeah, I know that just within, I guess, my TAFE class that was... There were a few others, so probably about 10% of my TAFE class at least, um, and plenty others at my school. Wow. So when we talk about one in five last year, Caden, dropping out, and I know people saying don't use that term, Say so I'll rephrase that to say one in five didn't finish year 12 at secondary school. Are you surprised by those numbers? Surprisingly not, unfortunately. Mm. It's... We- yeah, it it sucks because you'd hope that we'd be able to do it, but sometimes there is too much pressure and it's not something that everyone wants to do. Yeah, and being able to find those alternatives. Hey, mate, we wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. On ABC Radio, Melbourne and Victoria. This is The Conversation Hour. Michelle Hunt here with you in Melbourne. Warwick Long, your co-host this morning. Of course, you'd know him as the host of The Country Hour, joining you from ABC Shepparton. This is from Danielle. It says, I wish I could listen to the rest of this, but I have to pop out. Danielle? You can listen anytime you like. Go to the ABC Listen app, download, subscribe to the Conversation Hour and you can listen back. But Danielle talks about the fact that she's 59, still remembers being told at the end of Form 4 in a curriculum choice of Form 5 and 6 that it didn't really matter what subjects I chose because I wouldn't have the intelligence to go any further. I lost all self-confidence. I changed schools. I had a much better time at the new school and I passed sixth form. But to this day, my self-confidence is still weak. I love learning and I wish I knew then that I could go and study later without HSC. And that's from Danielle. And those options, I think, is what's coming through the strongest to me today was for whatever reason that someone may not be finishing year 12 and those numbers are alarmingly high. You just mm. hope that that young person and the families or the carers associated with that person knows that there's other ways, right? There, there's not just one path to get where you want to get. 
everyone's trying to do their best, right? Yeah. Whether it be with uh, the child and your family or if you're the kid trying to, to find your way in life. And we talked a little bit about this reform earlier in the program. Let's learn a little bit more about it. You said to me, vocational major before, Rochelle, and I said, what? Sue Bell can tell us what. Executive Director of Senior Secondary Reforms Division to discuss the VCA vocational major reform and what it means in schooling. Sue, welcome to the program. Thanks, Warwick. Hi, Rochelle. What is a vocational major? So it's a fantastic new program that's being offered in senior secondary education by the Victorian government. And uh, it replaces what was VCAL, the Victorian Certificate of Applied Learning. So the government did a review and found, as we all know, that not every student wanted to complete the VCE and go to university. Something like 40% of our students aren't aspirational about university, but we know that they need to complete year 12 and go on and do some sort of further study in their life to be able to access the jobs of the future, which are requiring higher and higher skills. So the vocational major, um, what we did is we took what was VCAL and, and reinvented it. We created four new subjects within the VCE that students can choose to study. So um, uh, literacy, numeracy, work-related skills and personal development skills. So students do those four subjects over two years and they can do other VCE subjects if they wish. And they also have to undertake a VET at either a TAFE or their own school, some sort of very technical learning in an area that they're passionate about. So that skills-based element of mm. the new vocational major, so that's either done at TAFE at the high school, depending on, you know, the 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 elements that they may have or not have to be able to service those skills, or is it done out within the workforce, like within the private sector? How does it work? So the four subjects are four VCE subjects, and they're mainly done at your high school. And then a day a week, you would go out either to a TAFE to do your vet studies or your own school. So when I was a school principal, we actually had um, vet building and construction on site and we had hairdressing and beauty on site. So students could do those two subjects locally. And students in the vocational major can also spend a day a week in the workforce, understanding what the workforce is like and beginning to start their futures and develop that sort of knowledge about where they're heading in their life. So is the, because is that's the idea really here, motivational. Yeah, is the idea here that any school can be a tech school in that sense through vocational major? It becomes an option that sort of brings people into the workforce but still continues their education? Yes, that's exactly right. That's that's what it does. I was uh, my first seventeen years were as a tech teacher, so I understand mm. it quite well. Lots of people, though, it's so interesting when we talk about this. People feel real. It's really passionate about tech schools. One of the many that's come through. It says the system will just remain broken until you bring back technical education. And then this is from JD. It says my son did a vocational major last year. Then it was called VCAL. His government high school focused entirely on their VCE stream and the VCAL kids were virtually just babysat with very relevant content. It was a total waste of time. The kids were bored. Many stopped attending. It was such a, dif a disappointing moment. If the education department wants to provide vocational streams, then they have to have purpose and prepare the kids for alternative pathways. So is the department confident that this will work? Because we do have oh. a, a big numbers. One in five last year didn't finish year 12. So that's not a good number. Oh, I'm certain it will work. So what the that gentleman was describing was what happened previously. VCAL, where it was taught well, was brilliant. But in some schools, it wasn't taught as well. So what the vocational major done is put the support and the controls around it so that it is taught incredibly well in schools. And this is its first year. Uh, along with the, the other new certificate, the Victorian Pathways Certificate. Uh, so, yes, it, it will work. We're already seeing students are electing it. Uh, we have 32 new schools who've taken it on this year who never had VCAL before. So there's a huge interest. We really need to broaden in Victoria our definition of success. Yeah. It can't always be about going to university. It has to be, do we have a positive destination data? Uh, 
positive destination for these young people when they finish year 12. So are they going into an apprenticeship, which is fantastic and to be celebrated? Are they going into TAFE to get further education or are they going into university? They're all options, but they are equally as important. I'm so glad you raised that point because my very next question to you was going to be, what is success for you Mm. with the vocational major? How are you judging this first year in and hopefully the, the years beyond? Uh, Well, we would like it to be implemented with fidelity. Uh, It isn't just the VCE, even though we had that fantastic campaign on TV and social media, Many Talents One VCE. It isn't the VCE as we know it. It doesn't have exams, uh, has a, a different assessment system. But we need young people to be encouraged uh, to be doing really active project-based learning around their areas of interest, looking at their futures, because that's what's going to motivate them to actually stay at school. So is it lowering the early exit rate? Is it getting more people into employment immediately after finishing a vocational major? Do you, sort of what metrics will you be looking at? So um, entry to TAFE will be really important or entry to apprenticeships because we know from research that both of those give people better long-term life outcomes. Just going to a local job in your local supermarket doesn't necessarily give you a a future pathway. So definitely further study is the sort of thing that we'll be measuring. But numbers of students completing Year 12 will be very important. Absolutely. Well, it's easy to be cynical of these types of programs, but honestly, hand on heart, we really hope that it works because we want young people to know that they have every option made available to them so that they can have all the successes in life that they deserve. Sue Bell, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Executive Director of the Senior Secondary Reforms Division there. This, I did Year 11 at TAFE in the 1980s with carpentry as a major one day a week on site. It was called the Vocational Orientation Program. It was very, very good and suited me. That sounds really similar to this was. And as I just said to Sue, it's very easy to be cynical at the government. Like it is. <laughs> well, honestly, it is. And most of us are. It's only It was only announced in February their vocational major. This is replacing VCAL. Let's hope that it works. I mean, I haven't been in high school (laughs) for a very long time and it's changed a lot since then. But you hope, let's hope that it works. Oh, certainly so. I don't think anyone is hoping a new educational idea doesn't work, right? Everyone's hoping for the best, just like every household with their kid making those decisions. Like that one that texted us earlier about whether they stay in a VCAL-type system at their school or they leave and start an apprenticeship in the uh, in the agricultural workforce, that one was, I hope I made the right decision as parents. And you also hope your young, per- your young adult you're trying to raise is making the right decision too. It's one of those difficult things we're all going through. So are we getting it right? How's it working? Let's go to Mike, who's in Watsonia on that number. G'day, Mike. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm good. Tell us about your experience. Uh, yeah, I was kind of like pigeonholed when I went to school. I went to Caulfield Tech in the 70s. And it was like presumed I was going to do a trade, and um, but I always had an interest in doing languages. I had an interest in Japanese, but uh, couldn't do it. But uh, I ended up doing an apprenticeship in air conditioning refrigeration. And um, while I was doing it, I was going to RMIT at night doing an applied language certificate in Japanese for four years. So when I finished my apprenticeship in air conditioning refrigeration I got my applied language certificate oh, wow. at the same time and I went <laughs> and I went and lived in Japan and worked there for a year I loved it what a great, I love the way you've managed to combine the two of those, Mike, and be able to not only, you know, work and travel, but get that education that you wanted as well. I love that. Robin's in Paran. Good morning, Robin. Hi. Look, I attended Caulfield Tech as well in the 50s and 60s, and the, and it, you got a, a whole range of academic subjects, but they had workshops everywhere. So you could do turning and fitting, uh, carpentry, even blacksmithing. But in my case, I and then year... Um, 10, 10 and 11 fed you into engineering and they, that took you into a diploma of engineering in either mechanics or electrical engineering and in my case I went to the art school which was one of the best art schools in Victoria. I worked my way out into that and went straight into a job like everybody else I knew. Yeah. They were wonderful places. Was it simpler 
Robin? Like, I hate to hark back, fairly, but was it simpler? They were fairly rugged. They, they, were boys, they were boys' schools and they were people by a lot of ex-tradesmen, so they were tough. Um, and I think that's changed a bit since I was in there. Mm. But you're almost guaranteed a job when you went in there because you'd find one either in apprenticeship to one of the trades or the engineering, and in my case, in the art school, which took me into advertising. Um, Sounds like it was a popular school, that one in particular as well. <laughs> Robin, thank you so much for your call. Was it simpler or were the jobs just simpler too? Because the jobs people are doing now weren't invented at the time tech schools existed. I realise some of them are still continuing, but yeah. the, the spread of education, I'd imagine, has changed a lot. Jennifer's in Heathmont as well. You've been waiting a long time, Jennifer. Thank you for that. Um, Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Look, I've got interesting perspective. I'm a, a teacher and I had my, my eldest child went through VCE, not a problem. My youngest child, if I had known of the alternative pathways, I would have put her through. I think the biggest issue we had with her was, <clears throat> please excuse this, year 12 teachers are so interested in year 12 as being the be-all, end-all, and data and statistics. And, you know, my all of these children at my school passed, you know, VCE. It's a real data-driven thing. And those kids who aren't up to that level are really just left behind and ignored. Now, she scraped through VCE, and it was the most traumatic experience. It still traumatises her and I. And then my brother, who worked in the TAFE system, happened to mention to me one day, why don't you try this for her? Now, she's gone through that. Um, did a diploma of nursing, worked at the Alfred Hospital and is doing her Bachelor of um, Nursing now. It was a much better alternative for her, yeah. but it was never presented. And, you know, Year 12 is so caught up in, you know, how good my statistics are. And it's a real serious problem because those kids who aren't suitable to that pathway, yeah. who are just as capable are, from my experience and my observations, are left behind. And as a teacher... I still wasn't even aware of it. And I find that I feel terribly bad about yeah. what I put her through. Oh, don't, don't, because you didn't oh. know. And, you know, no, we, you we can only do what we can do, you know, and I we know, do our best. But it should have been presented. Of it course. It should have been 100%. the school's responsibility to present it. Now, I'm extraordinarily proud of what she's achieving, but she should never have had to go through that, yeah. like many other people. That pathway should be there. And, you know, it's not all about Year 12 because not everybody can or should go to university. Yeah, here, here, Jennifer. And you've done an incredible job. And if you're a teacher and you didn't know it was available, like my husband did Year 11, Year 12 at TAFE. And at the time when, you know, we were just dating, I was like, what? You did Year 12 where? And he's a very successful operator now and works in a very successful industry. But did, I had no idea that TAFE was even an option. <laughs> no bias in that assessment at all, Rochelle. Uh, Jacinta's, no, no. Jacinta's online, Ted, quickly before our next guest as well in from Carlton. Hi, Jacinta. Uh, hi, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I completely echo what Jennifer said and that oh, my heart goes out to her as a mum who, similar, I had a daughter who went to VCA and just breezed through. And then I think, though, um, and what's perhaps different to Jennifer's daughter's just timing, we can't underestimate the impact of COVID on these statistics of kids pulling out and I would wish Sue Bell was still on the line because um, while the best of intentions are behind the vocational major, my daughter, you know, coming out of COVID and really struggling to get back into school last year was left hanging until the last day of term three before the teachers could give her any sort of information about what the vocational major was and what was happening the following year. And, you know, coming out of an already very traumatic time of uncertainty and and plans changing that, that were made at, you know, the age of 13 and 14 to have spent sort of three terms just with teachers doing their best and just continually saying to them, I'm sorry, the department hasn't told us how this is going to work. We don't know if you can do this course next year. We don't know if you'll qualify. If under the old BCAL, it would be fine. Um, and, you know, we had to go to extraordinary lengths, including contacting BCAL on multiple occasions to get them to acknowledge that they, they changed the system in a hurry halfway through this cohort's year 12, year 11 and 12 journey. Um, and just, yeah, I mean, it's funny that she was saying it was announced in February. The kids started school at the end of January and they were doing this new thing called a VM. So I just think the this cohort had, just has to have so much recognition for the trauma that they went through. And then they changed the yeah. system Oh, we needed you earlier, Jacinta. We needed you earlier to put... Was, you know, and, they, and you're so right and... It is 
it's so hard as a society, yeah, to talk about lockdowns and, and COVID because we've all just sick to bloody death of it. But you, it has to be acknowledged in this conversation. It really does. It, because if you're talking about someone that was in year nine, year 10 at the time, or in year 11, year 12 at the time. So they've been through that change, yeah. that upheaval, and then the the unknown of what root, root of um, education you're going to go through hanging over you as you go through an important time of your young adult life. That's incredibly difficult. Uh, should we bring in Bill Hamill as well, the CEO of the Rural Industries Skills Training Centre, RIST, uh, based in Hamilton, regional Victoria. Hi, Bill. Hello. Hello, Warwick. Hello, Rochelle. Hey, Bill. Today, sort of, I guess it's come down to ensuring yep. that young people and their families and their carers know what their options are. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And I've really, I've, I've been interested in listening to the stories. I, I think that Mac and uh, Caden, what wonderful stories. That lady that, about her son that went through to be a shearer, because that's close to my heart, and uh, then went on to do anaesthetics. My goodness. Yeah. And this, and we've seen that happen with our students. So it's, yes, it's um, hey, Bill, a theme of today too. And it's probably hasn't, we haven't probably haven't discussed it even enough is the idea of careers advice at a school level or a, yep. or getting the right advice to a young person at the time they're making the decisions. Is the system, yep. in your view, set up well enough for that to, to get the advice um, to the right place? Look, it's really easy to throw, um, to be critical of careers advice, but when you look at how the system works and how, you know, careers advisors in, uh, in schools, they get a lot of blame, but they have so many um, balls to juggle in the air. You know, they're... they're yeah. um, you know, they're sort of sometimes they're not even a full-time career advisor um, and, they're, and they're being hounded by, you know, universities and by different providers saying this is what we can offer. And so it's really, you know, we, we can't put it all back on their shoulders. Uh, I think it's um, it's really important. I, my we, we put through uh, nearly 2,500 young people's, you know, we have school-based traineeships, which I'm a great believer in students working when they're going through school or having a part-time job i think that really has a as an important um driver for them because they can actually see you know what work is about Uh, but we've had about two and a half thousand students go through since about 2006 and students learn differently you know i i look at it um and we look at our students each individual student and you know i've heard all the stories today school is not meant for everyone the students that go down an academic pathway, um, that's fine. But other students get pigeonholed very early in school, I think. And, you know, if they're not seen to be academically inclined, they're pigeonholed. And yeah. then they lose confidence. And once they lose confidence, it's really hard to get that back again. Yeah, we heard that a lot. Thank goodness for groups and organisations like yours, Bill. So that there are those options and there are those options for young people who are living in regional areas as well. We know you're based in Hamilton. Bill, thank you. Bill Hamill is the CEO of the Rural Industry Skills Training Centre. Let's end with Sue Oakley. Sue is a former Deputy Principal at Benalla, which is a P12 college, but she's also been involved in Tomorrow Today, which is an incredible organisation that works with the community and schools, especially those that are really teetering around the edges of falling out of the system to make sure that everybody feels heard and connected. To finish today's conversation up, Sue, as a former principal, if you know, if you were able to either bring back tech schools or you're in charge of the vocational major or you're in charge of the marketing for TAFE, it turns out people need to know more about the options for TAFE. What would keep young people in education, do you think, so that they have the option of finishing year 12 and they don't feel like that they that it's not a place for them? Oh, hi, Rochelle. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, look, I've been listening to the program this morning and so many great ideas and stories. Um, I guess I've got a few main points that I think, you know, we, we one of the calls before was talking about... Um, uh, working counsellors working in school and career education. I, I think one of the key things is we need to talk about um, when does that start. Um, I know through my experience, um, the work that we did with uh, end of year eight, uh, beginning of year nine was really important. Um, 
I've got a few other <laughs> a few other things that haven't perhaps been mentioned, and that was about learning the language of pathways that are, are available. And certainly, you know, we talk about VCE and VET and VCAL before, but now we've got um, another language that we have to educate parents and students and employers about. And um, I do um, really like the fact that we're actually referring to VCE more that there is a viable pathway in VCE that is, um, you know, um, vocationally based. Mm. So it is just a fantastic. Fa- I really love that you raised the idea of learning the language because even when Rochelle threw vocational major yeah, at me before, I sort of, you know, I just <laughs> fell backwards a bit. And I'm like, what does that mean? So many of the terms actually don't mean a lot. I imagine to to everyday people in the workforce, but actually knowing yeah. the language gives you the power to decide what you want to do. Yeah, and I, and I heard Rochelle mention before about the sit down with the uh, careers counsellor, and I think. Um, that's what sometimes people think, that it's going to be this very small um, appointment time or session that a, that a student and, and, you know, maybe a student and their parent comes to. But, you know, I think it needs to be extended to be a lot bigger than that. You know, the work that obviously I, I, I was involved with with Tomorrow Today, the uh, philanthropic organisation in um, Benalla, really helped with that because uh, they tried to involve parents in those discussions, as I said, very early on, um, yeah. not just sort of saying when you get to the point of deciding, oh, which course are we going to do? What's the course? What are you going to do like? now? Yeah. I know. And then there's all of that yeah. pressure as well. But then knowing that there are groups, whether it be like tomorrow, today, like we heard from Bill before, that there's mm. you know skills group out in in the regs as well, where you can go to yeah. as we've learned more and more today that you can do Year Twelve if you want at TAFE. Sue, thank you. I'm sorry we didn't give you much time. There's just been so much interest in today's program. It's been great to get the opinions from absolutely everybody, from parents, from teachers, from students, and young people, and from someone like yourself who's a former deputy principal in Benalla. Thanks for your time, Sue. We appreciate it. Warwick Long, I have to say. Mac stole hearts today. If you missed the beginning of today's program, then we spoke to Mac who found an alternative way. He used the word stumbled across TAFE Mm. and is now kicking goals in life. And we just learnt so much from him. So, Mac, thank you. Thanks, Mac. Thanks, Caden, for calling in. All the people who called and text, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Take care and we'll speak to you soon.